0: You're Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, and and welcome to Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. I'm your host, Zeke and today On today's show, we will be doing another episode of Wild Flashback. And on today's show, I will be discussing the Brent Burns trade, from back in 2011 at the 2011 NHL Entry Draft, but before we get into that, I just want to remind you all to subscribe to Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcast. If you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the show each day as it comes out, each day as it's new, and you won't have to do any work to go find it. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Wild uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So, like I said on today's show, we'll be doing another edition of the Wild Flashback series I've been doing the last couple of weeks, and on today's show, I'll be discussing the somewhat infamous and you know certainly memorable uh, Brent Burns trade that the Wild and Sharks did between the two teams back in 2011 when the NHL draft was in St. Paul at the Energy Center. So, you know, this trade, uh, just to get into the trade at first, you know, the the trade was to the wild. They acquired Devin Sataguchi-Ford, who had a 30-goal season and a couple 20-goal seasons under his belt of the Sharks. Uh, Prospect Charlie Coyle, who at the time was a first-round pick by the Sharks in the 2010 NHL entry draft. Uh, Then, you know... Uh, it was a first-round pick then, like I said, and played a few couple seasons at Boston College. And the Wild also received a 2011 first-round pick in that year's draft from the San Jose Sharks, uh, which would end up being the 28th overall pick. And they selected Zach Phillips with that pick, which who we'll get into later was, you know, not a great first-round pick. But, you know, that was what the Wild got in return. And back the other way to San Jose, obviously, was defenseman Brent Burns, uh, who was originally a Wild's first-round pick, I think, like, 20th overall in the 2003 draft. Uh, who is uh, kind of a forward slash defenseman in his like kind of six or seven years to the wild was kind of on and off. But, uh, you know, at the time it, there was a lot of discussion of, okay, the wild might not be able to afford his next contract. And so, and being the team wasn't a, a legitimate playoff contender at the time, it was kind of a, you know, okay, we got to trade this guy before he gets to free agency and we lose him for nothing. So that's kind of why they traded Brent Burns. And also the wild gave up a 2012 second round pick to the San Jose Sharks. So uh, just to, uh, that was kind of a bit of a longer summary of the trade, but just to kind of wrap it up before we kind of discuss it a little bit more. The Wild acquired Devin Sedgucci, Charlie Coyle, and a 2011 first-round pick for Brent Burns and a 2012 second-round pick. So, you know, at, at face value at first, you know, the what I can remember about this trade was, you know, like I said before, just a minute ago, you know, a lot of people were thinking, hey, wild not being a particularly good team at the time you know they hadn't made the playoffs since 2008 it had been three or four seasons you know they weren't really thought of you know the team didn't seem to have an extremely bright future at the time i mean that was kind of around when they started to compile their prospects in the previous two drafts you know granlin zucker uh coil you know in this trade uh you know johan larson darcy Camper, all these guys who were good prospects at the time but you know they didn't really have too many key pieces that would push them over the top. And so they were a little bit in kind of a rebuilding kind of mode at that time, point in time in That after the 2011 season. So, you know, they figured also too that, hey, Brent Burns, you know, being a defenseman, a right shot, you know, plays physical, can score, produce offense, all that while on the blue line was going to demand a lot of money on his next contract. And, you know, being that he would have been a free agent in a year and I think a year from now at the time of the trade, you know, there was a lot of, hey, you know, we're not a particularly good team at the time now. And, the you know, the problem was, hey, number one, is Burns going to want to resign with the Wild? Uh And number two, the problem was, if he does, how much are we going to have to pay him? Are we going to have to overpay him to stay with us? You know, that kind of thing. So it was the time I wouldn't say that it was a particularly disliked trade among Wild hands. I mean, it's kind of hard to remember. And there's not a lot, you know, because. You know, Twitter and all that internet social media wasn't as big back then. But, you know, I I feel like remembering, you know, that this trade wasn't really thought of too terribly at the time because, you know, the Wild are getting in Devin uh, Setaguchi, a consistent 20 and 30 goal scorer throughout the first four or five years of his career, who wasn't young, but was still young enough that, hey, this guy can pot 25, 30 goals a year for us and be, you know, a good second line top six four that's a great add to our team that we can kind of control for a few more years and obviously charlie coyle was a first round pick and a good prospect at the time also who was you know thought of to be a potential top six center too after he was drafted so that was you know people were excited about him for a while and also a 2011 first round pick you know another first round pick it was late but it was a first round pick in a draft which the wild were hosting and you know again people thought hey we got a 25 30 goal score uh Potential top six center prospect and another first round pick in exchange for a guy who, while Brent Burns was a very good player, he, he wasn't as good he was he became with the Sharks, but he was a good player at the time and also a second round pick. So people thought, hey, if we get a twenty five thirty goal score, a top six center, another first round pick out of this, that's pretty good value to get back for a guy we didn't think we'd be able to resign or would cost too much to resign anew. Anyway. Is so I don't particularly think that you know there was a lot of dislike of the trade at the time. I think people were fairly happy while some, you know, you know, obviously bummed that you see Brent Burns go, he'd become kind of a fan favorite in the community and on the team with a lot of his, you know, his personality, obviously, and some of his charity work. So, you know, I think people are a little bit disappointed to see him go, but, you know, at the time it was kind of inevitable with the direction the wild were heading as a team and, with the amount of money that Brent Burns could possibly command as a free agent. So, you know, the trade seemed pretty much like it had to happen. And at the time, as I said, you know, not it wasn't thought of like it is today, which is, you know, people think don't like the trade nowadays, but we'll get on to that later on in the show. So, you know, like I said, just overall at the time, not thought of as a terrible trade. Uh, people thought, you know, the Wild actually did pretty good to get, you know, a top six forward, a top six center prospect and a first round pick for a guy they weren't gonna be able to resign. But as you'll see later on in the show, that's, you know, unfortunately not really how it turned out for them. And a lot of people I know have a lot of opinions on this trade and feel very strongly that it was a bad one. But like I said, we'll get into that later in the show. That's for the next two segments. But, uh, you know, coming up in the next segment of Lockdown Wild, I'm going to be discussing how the players involved in the trade and how the pieces involved in the trade have performed, uh, you know, since the trade and with whatever respective teams they've been on. So be sure to listen to next segment of Lockdown Wild to hear about how the players in this trade have done since it was made. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink. But the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Built Go, whether it's mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go every day. Made by the same great people who made the best-tasting energy bar in the world, Built Bar, it's easy to build built. Go is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your backpack, your golf bag, wherever to give you a bit of a boost of energy throughout the day whenever you need it. It's Like I said, it's the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five hour energy without the same crash kind of feeling that you get at the end. And it's made of natural ingredients. So it's better for your body. You get that same kind of boost of energy that gets you going. It gives a little boost, but you also know that you're putting something that's good for you into your body. And it comes in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And as I said, it combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is a fast-absorbing protein. So it gets into your system fast and gives you that boost of energy quicker, and it's easy on your stomach, too. And like I said, it's loaded with a lot, of good new, a lot of good stuff to ignite your work and ignite your day, such as B3 vitamin, B6, B12 vitamin with the honey and a little kick of caffeine. So again, you got these great flavors that, you know, taste good. They give you the same boost of energy, but you also know that you're putting something into your body that is good for you and isn't going to have any other. Uh, side effects such as the crash feeling at the end. So again, BuiltGo is the healthy replacement for your energy drink. But again, the energy is not fake; it's lasting and natural. It gives you a boost of energy. It, it's you putting something good into your body. And you know, there's a lot of great flavors. So at the same time, it's got all three great parts: great flavor, great boost of energy, and healthy for you. So if you you should go you go to builtgo.com and use the promo code locked, and you'll get 20 percent off your next order. Again, if you use the promo code locked at builtgo.com, you will get 20 percent off your next order. Let's go! We're back here on Lockdown Wild on another edition of Wild Flashback discussing the Brent Burns trade at the 2011 NHL entry draft between the Minnesota Wild and the San Jose Sharks. And in the previous first segment, I, was, I discussed you know the trade itself, the pieces involved and what the kind of reaction was to the trade at the time. And in this coming segment here, I'm going to kind of discuss how the pieces and players involved have performed since in the 9, 10 years since the trade. But before I get into that, I just want to... Remind you all that uh, the, the, for this Friday's episode, which I will be recording tomorrow on Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving, I will be doing a mailbag episode for Friday's episode. So I've already got a few questions from a few people. So thank you to you all who have already sent in mailbag questions. But if you have any mailbag questions on the wild NHL hockey or anything else related to that, that you would want to ask me, be sure to send them to me by tomorrow at the locked on wild Twitter account at locked on wild, my personal account, ZB wild nation underscore HW on Twitter, or you can also email us mailbag questions or any other thoughts suggestions you have uh, to our Gmail account at lockdownwild at gmail.com. So again, we'll be doing a mailbag episode for Friday that I will be recording tomorrow on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. So be sure to get in your mailbag questions before tomorrow. So uh, like I said, first thing we talked about the trade itself, and now I'm going to kind of get into how the players and you know, pieces of draft picks involved have performed or have turned out since the trade. So what the Wild got on their side, you know, Devin Seguchi, like I said, a couple se- the few seasons in San Jose that he had after being their first round pick, I believe in the 2006 draft, he was actually very good at the Sharks. I mean, he was, I think one of his first couple of years in the NHL, he had a 30-goal, 60-plus-point season with the Sharks. I believe it was 31 goals and 65 points in the full 82 games played. Uh, so, you know, he, like I said, he had a very good start to his career. And then after that, his point totals weren't as high, but he still did have a 20 and a 22-goal season in his last two seasons with the Sharks. So, you know, at the time, like I said in the previous segment, the you know, the Wild and the Wild fans thought that, hey, they're getting a guy who could probably score consistently anywhere from 20, 25 to 30 goals for us. And considering you know have the lack of offensive talent on the wilds t- and the team at the time you know it was thought it was a good acquisition and you know unfortunately uh he had a couple of good seasons with the wild including 19 goals and 69 games played in the 2011-2012 season and 13 in the lockout shortened 48 game season the next year where you know and overall in the 117 games played with the wild he had 32 goals 31 assists for 63 points so you know again he wasn't a horrible player with the wild he did produce that kind of like a maybe not top six forward but kind of a middle six forward rate you know around 20 goals around 40 to 50 points so Sadaguchi wasn't like a bad player by any means but I think you know as as we've learned later on he was having some kind of personal issues with I think alcohol or drugs or his mental health or something that you know was weighing on his mind I think in those last couple of years of his career and that was really making it difficult for him personally so you know there was, that was certainly an effect and you certainly, you know, hope that he's doing better. And, you know, in fact, I think I've read several articles in the past couple of years that he's said Gucci's doing much better nowadays. And so obviously you wish, wish him all the best and hope that, you know, his life after hockey has been great and he's been happy and living well. So, you know, that was a bit unfortunate that, you know, he wasn't exactly the kind of player that you would expected, you know, out of, when they made the trade at the time but he still was a good player uh he still produced you know 62 points and 117 games played in the two seasons so again not bad but not greedy there and like I said we hope that he's doing well and wish him all the best in his life after hockey so and you know the next piece of the trade that the wild got back was Charlie Coyle who is a bit of another controversial player in wild history because he was thought of like you know this this big bodied strong kind of who was supposed to be in this big, intimidating top six center that, you know, the wild were severely lacking and have been severely lacking throughout their whole existence. And so, but, you know, and for, as everyone knows, you know, he never could really put the consistency together, he, you know, cause his demeanor is, I mean, everyone knows how great a guy Charlie Coyle is. And, you know, That was a bit, for some people, that was a bit disappointing because they saw this guy who I think is, you know, 6'2", 6'3", you know, this big, tall center with a long reach who has some offensive skill who they thought this guy should be out there dominating, scoring 30 goals, 60 points every year. And, you know, unfortunately that did not happen, but at the same time, just because he never reached that true, you know, became a true top six center for the Wild, I I don't think he was, you know, as bad of a player as some people, uh, some people in the Wild fan base and around the Wild hockey seem to think he is. I mean, you know, in forty four hundred and seventy nine games played with the Wild over seven seasons, he had ninety-one goals and 151 assists for 242 points. So and also in the playoffs he had seven goals, eight assists for fifteen points in forty-four games. So again, it's not like he wasn't he was terrible. I mean he did produce at around a you know a point every other game pace, uh while be able to play center wing, wherever, you know, I think that was one of the problems with Coyle and in, in him is that he never really got to stick in one position, you know, for a long time. So that might have affected him. But overall, I think, you know, he was a you know a good player for the Wild, a solid uh, middle six kind of center winger who was versatile and could be used up and down the lineup or else producing anywhere from 35 to 50 points on a given season. So overall, I think he was a good player. I mean, obviously didn't live up to the expectations Wild fans had for him as a pro- when he was a prospect, but I think still a solid piece to get back in that trade for Brent Burns. And, you know, the last piece the Wild got in this trade, which is, you know by far the worst piece in this and I don't want to you know I don't want to rail on the, the guy too much cuz I mean at the end of the day it is just hockey but it was with that first round pick in the 2011 draft 20th overall the wild selected Zach Phillips from I believe it was the St. John Sea Dogs in the QMJHL who at the time, we were a pretty stacked team with guys like, you know, Zach Phillips, I guess the Wilds pick, uh, Jonathan Huberto, I believe, and also uh, Charlie Coyle played a season there. So this was a very good team at the time. And I believe Phillips put up something in the 90s in points that year in the QMJHL. And while there were some concerns about his skating at the time, a lot of people thought that, you know, his skill and smarts on the ice would kind of help him to overcome that. And you know, so you know at the time it was was thought of a fine pick for late first round pick for the Wild, but unfortunately, it did not turn out that way for Zach Phillips or the Wild either. As you know, he bounced around. He's bounced around a lot of minor leagues over the last few years, including the AHL, the ECHL, the EBEL, the EIHL, the Swedish Elsvenskan, and also in the Slovak league. So, you know. It, it obviously didn't work out. And also I should note in 260 AHL games played between the, the Iowa wild uh, and, and I think the Providence Bruins also too. He, in those 260 AHL games, he put up 35 goals, 65 assists for hundred points. So, you know, obviously did not even come close to living up to the expectations uh, that a late, even a late first round pick would have. And it was unfortunate because, you know, that was a pick that when you look a couple picks later, uh, went 30, who, who went 30 overall to the Anaheim ducks that year. Well, it was Ricard Raquel who has have a couple last tough last couple of seasons with the Ducks, but has been a thirty goal scorer in his career and has consistently put up, you know, like I said, twenty to thirty goals in anywhere from forty five to sixty points. So, you know, that's a little tough when you got a guy like that who went just picks later, and instead the guy you got, uh, you know, never even got close to the cracking the NHL. And it's unfortunate because I think a lot of the problem with Phillips, like I, you know, like I mentioned, even at the draft time, people were still concerned about his skating and unfortunately he wasn't able to improve that to a level where he would be an effective you know scoring NHL forward and again like I said you don't want to you don't want to rag on the guy too much because you know like I said we all love the game of hockey uh you know it's our passion you know that's why I'm doing a daily podcast in the wild is I love the team I love the game but you know you you never want to rail on these guys too much you know outside of hockey because as like I said it is it is just hockey and you know like I said as unfortunate as it was that Phillips didn't turn out you know it's in the end of the day, it that really didn't affect the Wild too much, I don't think, from that standpoint. So again, you know, the Wild kinda of got out of a mixed bag in return for Burns. Uh Sadoguchi's a solid player, Coyle was a solid player as well. And like I said, you know, to put it put it in one word, Zach Phillips was a complete bust for first round pick, unfortunately. So not a terrible return. But when you look at what the Wild gave up, obviously, uh, it. it's turned out to not be a great trade for them i mean brent burns you know he's a he's always been a big right shot defenseman who can play physical he's got a bomb of a shot and moves the puck very well and you know in the nine seasons this this kind of makes you shiver a little bit in the nine seasons that he's been with the San Jose Sharks, in 660 games played, he's put up an amazing 155 goals and 356 assists for 511 points as a defenseman, too, keep in mind, with several 70- and 80-point seasons in there, including one where he had over a point per game over the 82 games. And I think he's also won at least one Norris Trophy as well. So, you know, Brent Burns, obviously, an all-star number one offensive defenseman. Uh, who's been an absolute stud with a bomb of a slap shot, great offensive sense, and while he's never been, you know, obviously a great defender, he, you know, he was solid enough. He had the physical physical tools to, you know, be good enough defensively to make up for his deficiencies, and also provide that, you know, elite level offense. One of the best offensive defensemen in the league over the past decade with the Sharks too. So, and he was even good in the playoffs with eighty three in eighty three playoff games with the Sharks. He's put up twenty goals, thirty nine assists, fifty nine points. So. You know, like I said, there's no question that Brent Burns, absolute all star in his time with the Sharks, and you know it was it's unfortunate that he was not able to do that with the Wild, and they were not able to keep him. But and the last. Part, I guess I should mention this too, that the trade that the Sharks got from the Wild, it was a second round pick in 2012. And through a series of trades with a couple of teams, that pick, which was the 37th pick in 2012, went to the Nashville Predators, who selected, ironically, a former, now former Wild forward Pontus auberg out of Sweden. So, you know, again, not too much of that effect there. That It's kind of like the Phillips pick, and it didn't really end up mattering too much in the grand scheme of things for either team. But, you know, the Wild did give up that extra piece, so... You know, like I said, uh, the Wild got a solid package return. Uh, but, you know, as everyone knows, Brent Burns, absolute all star offensive defenseman uh, for the Sharks over the last nine seasons. And, you know, you can't really compare Devin Zitaguchi, Charlie Coyle, and Zach Phillips to Brent Burns now that we've seen in the trade. So, uh, coming up on the next segment, I'm going to be giving my thoughts on who I think won this trade. Uh, I'm kind of sure you could probably guess what I'm going to say. But either way, tune into the next segment to hear my thoughts on who I think won this trade and just the overall effects. Of the trade had on both teams uh, nearly a decade later and we're back here on lockdown wild for another edition of wild flashback discussing the Brent burns trade uh, the last couple segments I talked about the trade itself and how the players and picks have performed in the decade since the trade and coming up in this segment I'm going to be discussing who I think won the trade and kind of some of the lasting effects that the deal has had on both teams nearly a decade later. But before I do that, I just want to remind you that you can connect with the show and me on social media. So if you want to on Twitter, you can follow Lockdown Wild on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. And you can also follow my personal account at ZB Nation underscore HW. And just another reminder that for Friday's episode, it will be a mailbag episode and I will be recording it later tomorrow afternoon. So be sure to get in your mailbag questions to either those Twitter accounts or the show's Gmail account at gmail.com if you would like to have any questions on the Wilder NHL or hockey related for me to answer for that episode. So again, be sure to send those in uh, to the either the Twitter or the Gmail account for the mailbag episode on Friday. So, like I said, you know, on this today's episode of the Wild Flashback, we've been discussing the Brent Burns trade and. You know, it's been nearly a decade, kind of, which is weird to think. You know, I mean, time, like I said, time flies. It's kind of hard to believe it's been ten years already, almost since that trade happened. But you know, at the time, like I said earlier, it was thought of that the Wild got a pretty good deal in this trade. You know, they got back several good assets for a player that they probably weren't going to be able to keep or were going to have to overpay by a lot at the time. And but 10 years later, that really hasn't aged well. I mean, like I said, Devin Cedaguchi was a fine player, but only played a couple seasons and unfortunately had some injury uh, problems and other personal issues that, you know, unfortunately, I'm a, throughout his hockey career, although, like I said, wish him the best. And I know he's doing, I've heard that he's doing better right nowadays. So, you know, again, Not a terrible player. Uh, Sataguchi didn't pan out as the Wild expected, though. uh, Charlie Coyle, who was the prospect the Wild acquired, again, a very good, solid player, but did not turn out into the top six center that a lot of the Wild fans had kind of expected or hoped he would be. And then the first round pick of Zach Phillips, you know, uh, did not turn out anywhere close to what expected. I mean, he didn't even play an NHL game. So not, you know, again, I don't think the trade is as bad as a lot of Wild fans make it out to be. Because, I mean, Charlie Coyle is a good player, but... When you come down to it, like I said, Brent Burns, an all-star offensive defenseman. I mean, he, in 660 games played with the Sharks, 511 points. He's been to a Stanley Cup final, won a Norris Trophy, had several 70-goal, 25, almost 30-goal seasons, including an 83-point season a couple of years ago. And he's just been an absolute stud, uh, you know, a star-level defenseman. And, you know, while the Wild have had some star-level defensemen in their own right the last decade, uh, Brent Burns is on a different level to those guys like Spurgeon and when it comes to offense and being able to produce from the back end. So, you know, I think overall it's fairly easy to say that uh, the San Jose Sharks won this trade. I mean, they got an all-star offensive defenseman who's been one of the best offensive defensemen of the past decade plus in exchange for a player that uh, in Devin Saguchi that they weren't going to use anymore and that kind of burned out the couple seasons after that. Uh, pick prospect and Charlie Coyle who they also didn't particularly need You know, end up needing, as you can see, with their recent success over the few years after the trade, and a first-round pick and Zach Phillips, with 28th overall, who did not turn out to even be a good AHL player, much less an NHL player, much less a good AHL player. So, you know, overall, I think this is a fairly easy win for the Sharks and. You know, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, you think about it, if the Wild would have, you know, struck gold in this trade, if they would have, you know, got proper pieces back, they if they would have, you know, if Devin setaguchi would have panned out and would have stayed a good NHL player for more than just a couple seasons with the Wild, if Charlie Coyle would have turned, you know, been a little – became a little more consistent and you know truly become a top six center and also if they used that late first round pick on a guy like Ricard Raquel you know instead of Zach Phillips you can imagine that this trade would have looked a lot better for the wild and it certainly had the potential to be but as I said pretty easy win for the Sharks on this one and it's just unfortunate that uh, 10 years later you look back at it in the wild we're not able to get a truly good package in return for the all-star offensive defenseman that Brent Burns has become but you know, uh, I know a lot of people probably agree with me, and I think, you know, I don't think there's any other, any way you could spend this as a good trade for the Wild. I mean, I guess you could say that if they wouldn't have, would have lost Brent Burns as a free agent, that would have been worse than, you know, trading him for a mediocre package like they got in return. But, you know, clearly the Sharks won this trade. And, you know, if you got any thoughts on that, uh, please, I'd be happy to let me know. I'd be happy to hear from you at Lockdown Wild on Twitter. But, I think you know to wrap up this ep- episode edition of Lo- of a wild flashback on Locked on wild. I think it's pretty clear that the San Jose Sharks won the Brent Birds trade that occurred back at the 2011 NHL Entry Draft. So, before we go, I just want to, like I said, I want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Wild uh, wherever you get your podcast, whatever podcast platform you listen to will be on the, sh- the show will be on there. So if you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the new show of the episode of Lockdown Wild as it comes out each day. And also just to remind you to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. You can follow me on Twitter at ZB Wild Nation underscore HW. And we also have a Gmail account, LockdownWild at gmail.com, Or you can send any uh, questions, guest ideas, segment ideas, whatever you may the ideas you have, uh, please send them to me if you have them. I'd love to hear from you. And just quickly before we go to just the one last reminder that I will be doing a mailback episode for Friday's episode. Uh, so be sure to get into your questions uh, kind of in the next day before Wednesday afternoon or tomorrow afternoon, I should say. Uh, if you'd like me to answer any of them, I will be happy to answer all questions that I receive. So Again, uh, after you've done listened to Locked On a while, be sure to go check out any of the other Locked On Minnesota podcasts, such as Locked On Timberwolves, who are doing a great job of covering uh, the recent trades activity and the number one overall pick in the draft last week. So be sure to check them out, as well as Locked On Gophers and Locked On Twins, who are doing a good job uh, covering Gopher football, Gopher hockey seasons as well as the um, uh, Minnesota Twins offseason and what we can expect heading in next season. And also, if you have any other interests, we have plenty of great lo- shows the Lockdown Podcast Network covering all things sports and all- every other league every day. So be sure to check out any of the shows. So you've been listening to another episode of Lockdown Wild. I'm your host, Zeke Boyette. Have a good day, and I will see you on Friday.